Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do not necessarily reflect those of KZ Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. You're listening to Live Tonight with DK. Some people write in diaries. Others take photos they never share. This is my journey. Who will we meet? What adventures will we take? Buckle up. It's showtime. is back ladies and gentlemen it's great to be here our premiere show right here on the hazy radio network um old friendships never die and uh i know zita's been doing a great job on this network for a long time and i've been uh sorry just been trying to uh find something that would fit and i think i've got it now um name of the show if you missed it is live tonight with dk Every Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, we are going to go on great adventures together. We're going to talk from, from people, from, from astronomers to zoologists and, and everything in between. As a matter of fact, tonight we've got two varied uh, guests, but both very excellent and entertaining. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes is going to be um, a Mar- a Maria Meyer, sorry, uh, the author of Crone. We're going to be talking to her first. And then after that, uh, after the break, we're going to be talking to Brian Crean, uh, heavy metal bass player and um, the host of Metal Thunder Radio. So we're looking forward to a good time. So once again, it's every Sunday night uh, from uh, 9 p.m. Eastern till 10.30 p.m. Eastern, and we'd love for you to join us. Uh, it took a lot of work to get this all together, got a lot of help. Um, big shout-outs to uh, uh, Stu, our booking agent. And, of course, uh, Big Al, who we'll be hearing from in just a minute. So uh, for those of you uh, listening on podcast or on demand, uh, please do go over to uh, hazradio.com and listen to some of the other programming they got. Um, a lot of diverse and awesome shows on there. And um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be glad to uh, uh, join you there in the chat sometimes, I'm sure. All right, so uh, I don't want to waste any time. I kind of left myself 10 minutes, but uh, I'm not used to talking to myself. So I'm going to turn it over right now to uh, Al, the producer. Al, what do we got going on tonight? Oops, Al, you there? 
top of the day, DK. Our first guest tonight is Maria Mayer. She is the author of the book Crone, a Scarlet St. James novel. In 1984, five Michigan youth opens a portal with intentions of toying with the dark side. The cold-hearted pack then terrorized, brutalized, and even sacrificed without conscience, but ended up missing. Thirty years later, two more teams have disappeared, and paranormal P.I. Scarlet St. James is called to investigate. The town needs answers, and despite the local authorities' best efforts, no evidence is forthcoming. To find the truth, Scarlet must work with her hunky ex, Sergeant Jack Hawk, and her current boyfriend, forensic biologist Dr. Stone Vargas. As the case picks up pace, so does Scarlet's nightmares, in which she sees the face of the killer and feels the pain of the victims. Scarlet comes from a line of seers, so to stop the wicked supernatural force in the darkness, she must use her faith, her power, and her team to prepare for an invaluable showdown. A monster was set free all those years ago in those Michigan woods, and it will be taking all of Scarlet's strength to stop a bloodthirsty witch who waits to kill again. Now let the adventure begin. Over to you, DK. Thank you, Al, the producer. That was a great job. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we do have live in the studio with us tonight, uh, Maria Meyer. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are am, you? Am I saying it right? Is that Mayor or Ma- Meyer? Because I'm Canadian. Mayor. Mayor. Like mayor okay. Aspirin. Okay, so Mayor. Yep. I'll remember that. <laughs> I'm Canadian. I mispronounce a lot of stuff. <laughs> thank you for uh, joining us tonight, though. This is this is really fantastic. Um, while we were off air, um, it says in your bio that, that you're from Michigan, and we're gonna we're gonna hear about some stories from Michigan and stuff, but. You told me you recently moved, and I was very jealous. Where did where did you move to? Well, I uh, I'm actually in Palm Beach Gardens right now. Um, I'm looking to move to Boca, but you know that oh. I think I need to save up a little more money to do that. But Palm Beach Gardens is fantastic. I he, on Christmas morning we were all sitting outside and um, in, outside by the pool and. It was beautiful, and you wake up in the morning and it's warm, and you go to bed at night and it's warm. Um, even in the winter, everybody here is freezing, but if you're from Michigan, you could sleep outside because it gets down to maybe 43, and they all have sweaters Jeez, and boots on and the whole shot. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Now, now yeah. being from Michigan, um, I, I, I dread winter as well. I, I, as I told you, I'm looking forward to going to Florida, uh, hopefully within the next couple months, but being from Michigan, do you miss the white Christmas? Like even at Christmas time, or heck, no, no. I'm so glad. You know what? I I have to honestly say, I was over it when we had that polar vortex in 2014. I remember um, it well. Oh my goodness <laughs> sakes, that was absolutely pathetic. I was such a baby. I kept on saying, "I hate it here. I got to get out of here." My daughter took the first. She took the plunge. She moved first. Uh, she moved to Boca. And um, I joined her, uh, like I said, this past September, and I have another daughter still in Michigan who just got married, and they're not yet ready to move. But I think we've got them almost talked into coming. But, you know, my bro- I still have family in Michigan, and, it, I, I, you know, I do miss being there in the holidays with them, you know, and, and I do miss snow coming down, but I don't miss driving in it. I don't miss um, – 
how it, you know, the slushiness and, you know, uh, having to uh, go out there and shovel it because I always had to shovel my own snow and I hated it. And once you get a little older, like me, uh, your bones start to hurt in that kind of weather. (laughs) My bones hurt just thinking about shoveling snow. It hasn't actually, um, you know, touch wood, it has not been bad uh, this winter. But I, I, I vividly, vividly remember the polar vortex I, in, in windsor here we've we never have to plug in our cars or our trucks <laughs> but we did don't? we did that year we we had okay. to all buy block heater blankets and and you know the we had to plug them in or or the cars wouldn't start new battery or not it was crazy i have picked, i i know a lot of people had to do things they never had to do before um we have pictures outside the condo complex I lived in. Still in early April, the snow mounds it, were still, you know, halfway up the trees. And I'm not kidding you; it didn't melt. It just didn't, it, you know, melt. It took so long for all of that snow and ice to, um, you know, to to melt down. And uh, eventually, then it was a muddy mess. And I have a dog, and I, I was, I vowed I was getting out of Michigan at that point. It was walking, you know, through all that muddy mess and. I know, and and you we know all did things it, that we didn't and never had to do before. With with all that snow too, it was there was all that dog poop in the snow. <laughs> You're not kidding because they couldn't go anywhere. They had to go on top of the whole ice oh. thing, and that was not fun. My daughter kept. I mean, my dog kept looking over her shoulder, her shoulder at me like, "Really, do I have to do this?" I know. I, yes, my my dogs are little, so I, I also have a deck. So imagine how messy my deck was because you know I, I even like shoveled them a little walkway. We did too. <laughs> anyway, here well, we are talking about the weather. <laughs> I, I wanna, know. I want to dive in to uh, to Crone. I, I just want to tell people I, I I have another show that I do, and and and, and you had advertised on it, and, and thank you very much for that. Uh, we were very flattered, and um, you've piqued a lot of people's curiosity, including mine. Um, tell us a little bit. Well, first, tell us a little bit about the book, you know, of course, without giving it away. But um, we got a little premise from from Al there. But um, it it takes place in Michigan, right? Yep. It's a Michigan-based urban legend that we sort of grew up hearing about a witch in the woods like every other child. But the difference was, um, you know, in certain places in Michigan when they'd have campfires and things like that, and before digital, you know, before cell phones and things like that, where you could capture the image, people would swore that they saw faces um, you heard, you know, horrible screams. And after a night of hearing these, we called them taps in the woods. And we didn't know they were bucks, you know, and we were kids. We didn't realize. But to us, it was tapping in the woods and people would go missing. And so this urban legend gained momentum. Well, that's been so long since I heard it. But, um, you know, it's everything that I want to write, I think I'm going to base it out of Michigan just because of the rich history of Detroit. Detroit obviously has its uh, negative. People always know, you know, the negative side of Detroit, but there is so much great. uh, There are so many great things about Detroit. There's so much history there, the architecture, the, you know, just the Brewster projects, you know, the Renaissance center, the whole downtown, the business district, there's, there's a lot that that I adore about Detroit. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to keep it in Michigan. And so far, I've been getting a tremendous response for some of the, um, you know, Woodward Avenue and Gratiot Cruising. And, um, you know, it's a big street that a lot of kids go around and around sure. in the summer and they pick up other kids. And, 
you know, you can go in, you can get pretty much any food you want in that area. And there's also, I mean, even if, if you went, say, you know, up north, up mm-hmm. Mackinac way or, or, you know, oh, some right. of those, there, there's, you, you, you can almost base things out there as well, because then you'll have the wilderness and the, it's very beautiful up there as well. Oh, Michigan, Michigan honestly has pretty much everything. I mean, they even, you know, they have dunes. They have, like you said, a lot of wooded areas. They have the water play, golf courses, parks, um, you name it. There's so much you'd have to just have to hit the right season. But I wanted to write out of Michigan and we scared the heck out of each other all the time. You know, at pajama parties, sitting around telling all these stories of ghosts and everything. But I've always been interested in the paranormal ever since I was a child. We take those old tape recorders. Remember the ones that you just press the button? Absolutely. You know, yes, I do remember. Yep. Speed at spook houses. Trying. We were trying to ghost hunt before it was even a thing. Before yeah, even was, ghost boxes and all that stuff was made. Yeah. None of that stuff. To me, that's all hokey pokey. I don't like any of that. I, I mean, I know the technology is becoming more advanced, but... We heard things with our own ears. We felt things with our, you know, the energy around us. We knew there was something out there. We all knew. And where I grew up in St. Clair Shores, Michigan, surrounded by three cemeteries, I didn't make the, I didn't make the correlation until I got older. There were three cemeteries and St. Clair Shores is smack in the middle. So there's going to be energy, whether you're a believer or not. Yeah. I'm now, you know, and, and, and if people that don't know me from a long time ago, I'm a bit of a skeptic, but I've talked and interviewed to so many people that I'm I'm not as much a skeptic as I was. I used mm-hmm. to, uh, excuse me, I used to not believe in psychics or ghosts or. But through the reading and and the people I've talked to, I'm I'm softening up a little bit, and uh, yeah, I guess we're kind of naive to think we're all alone in this big universe, right? There's too much out there. And, you know, it, like, it's so funny because when I started in funeral service, I started in funeral service in two, uh, ni- actually 1998, I hate to say, but that's when I got my license and I worked at a funeral home that's dominant, predominantly males. And there was only a couple females there. So, of course, we got the brunt of all their jokes and pranks. And so um, one of the very first nights I had to go back and do some embalming. Um, you know, everyone got their turn in the barrel. So I, you know, you had a key and I go down in the basement and everything's, everything's black. I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck? I got called for this embalming and I don't even know what's going on here. So I go in the special room and sure enough, there's a person on the table covered in a sheet, turn on the light and I pull the sheet back and the, one of my coworkers was, was under, they just jumped up and scared the <laughs> bejesus out of me. He was like, blah, and scared me, you know, and, you know, of course that I screamed the and called them a few names. And, I would, yeah. I would never be back again. Oh my gosh, they were so bad. But one, you know, this one night, the same guy got his turn in the barrel, only it was none of us. He came out of that embalming room white as a ghost. We were all getting ready to leave and I said, Oh my gosh, what, 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 you know, we thought he was pulling another prank. What's wrong with you? And he said, I don't want to tell you guys because I'm never going to hear the end of this. I'm like, Okay, well, just tell us. What, you, like, what, what happened? And he said, I just saw a soul leave this body. I swear to God. And we're like, he said, I've heard sounds come out of people. I have, you know, if you press on um, a, I hate to call them cadaver, that's a scientific term. But, you know, if you test, sure. pressed on people a certain it, way, there will yeah. be an air escape. They're not talking. They're not breathing. But there's a sound that comes out. He said, it wasn't any of that. I literally saw something come up out of this person that was like a mist. And I'm, so he was convinced and he refused to, you know, go, you know, be... Uh, the on-call, 
person at night anymore. He never did. He never. He refused to go down there alone. And this was a pretty big guy, a guy that didn't scare easy, and a guy that had prided himself on scaring everybody else. And oh my gosh! You know, see, I, I don't know that the prank would freak me out. But uh, <laughs> if I ever saw something Thanks. like that, but I, the most I do is I hear noises, and I always, of course. Uh, like more, most uh, people go, ah, it's just the wind or something, you know, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you never know, especially if <laughs> you live in wind, older huh? places. Or... Now, um, yeah, that's how, how did you get drawn into, into that work, uh, into that employment? Well, well actually, um, my daughters were little at the time and I wanted to be a pathologist. I didn't really want to go into mortuary science, but you the core courses are pretty much the same until everybody reaches their specialty. Like there's pathology, there's even pharmacy, nursing. Uh, believe it or not, I think it was engineering students. We all took some of the same courses up to a certain point. And so when it came time for me to uh, get my portfolio together and take it wasn't an MD at Wayne State University. It was a PhD, but I still had to get accepted into the medical school for, like, after that you bypass your master's because you take the pre-medical courses. Right. So I did all that. But my, you know what? Something had to give. My husband at the time traveled. He was gone 40 weeks out of the year. Um, you know, my daughters were just being shuffled around. And I, I just, it just got to a point where I had to decide. What do I, you know, I have, I'm at a crossroad here. Either I'm going to jump in, I'm going to pl- plunge in and just do this, or I'm going to enjoy my girls while they're young right. and pick a different field. So what I ended up doing was uh, finding out that mortuary science, um, you can still have the science end of it, which I ended up getting into doing autopsies. And I got the best of both worlds. I got to do the science end of it, which I was really more drawn to than dealing with grieving families. But then I also got to enjoy my daughters growing up and I was home with them and, um, I didn't feel quite as guilty shuffling so, them around to daycare and things like that. So I ended up going to mortuary school, which is only a year. And at the time, it was only 25 students and um, got a job. And uh, Dr. Werner Spitz was our uh, the Med- Macomb County Medical Examiner. And he's the one that was the expert witness in, during the um, O.J. Simpson trial. Oh, Wow. So I got to read the autopsy. I got to, he gave, I was privy to that information. He shared that with me. So you actually, you, you, you got to see the actual, like what would have been a court document. Yeah. Well, before, yes, it became a court document. Ultimately, you know, he, he, he compiled it into something that he could, um, you, you know, that would be his reference for whatever questions Marsha Clark or whoever else would, you know, ask him, but, at the time, this was all happening at the same time. He actually thought I wanted to be his assistant because of this. I said, and I said, absolutely. I had put my, uh, thrown my name into the ring to be his apprentice before that even happened. And I said, no, I'm not drawn to the sensationalism of any type of big trials or anything like that. I'm just here to learn. Just fascinated, and, though, by, I mean, it would be fascinating to, to, I, I mean, I, I watch these other shows on like, uh, HLN and stuff, how they, you know, they solve these, unsolved myst uh, not mysteries but unsolved murders by dna and and you know like you said doing the autopsies and 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 just the, the evidence that they find mm-hmm. it's it's fascinating i don't i don't think it's an ego thing at all i if i had the will and in the stomach to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, 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 this I probably is the funny would. thing about that is i felt i kind of fell into this the funeral home that i was hired at um 
they had they had brand new state of the art um, mortuary like morgue built in and a holding room you know for the people that would come um they they expanded they tripled the size of the, this little mom and pop funeral home was bought out and they just made it this this it was like a little palace and so it was in Macomb County and that's where Dr. Spitz senior, you know, he has a son now that I think is still doing is the medical examiner now, but at the time it was Werner and um, he would come and do private autopsies there because it was a state of the art facility. It had a great air exchange. It had everything you could possibly need to do the job. And um, you know, everything was clean and met all the OSHA standards and things like that. And I happened to be on one night when he needed help and uh, one of the guys that was supposed to assist him said, you know, I, he couldn't do it. He said, well, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Double glove for this guy because he will cut your finger. We've all been cut because he's he was so fast and he was so good. It was like, do, 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 and he was done. You know, we, we just assisted in so far as cleanup, if I may. But, you know, we <laughs> – Very meticulous. Know, uh, there's so much that you don't even – I can't even imagine, you know uh, – the things that you have to do to perform a proper autopsy, like a double post, they call it, with for brain and and you know, uh, the actual harvesting of the organs is what they call it. But you know, uh, so he, I learned a lot from him, and it, he was a fascinating man. And he ended up uh, retiring, and so I went on to perform autopsies at William Beaumont Hospital in Michigan. Now, now you've since left, right? You're not doing this in Florida, or that's correct. Yeah. I ended up. Doing, I know, being, uh, they called me the assistant deaner because mm-hmm. I, did, I wasn't an MD. So I took that as far as I could go. Um, and I ended up getting a, a, a job at, at Henry Ford Hospital in Michigan, just in the pathology department where I, you know, assisted with, you know, it, whatever the scope of my training was, I was able to assist a pathologist. And um, interventional radiology is doing tremendous things with, uh, in, in, instead of doing like a, a Somebody suspects they suspect thyroid cancer or they want to test a nodule. Now they do something called a fine needle aspiration where they just take a needle and aspirate some of the fluid. And we would make samples like uh, microscopes samples and send it on to the pathologies at uh, Wayne's at the Henry Ford in Detroit to get an answer. So it was no longer intrusive, but you were still part of that process because of the training that, you know, we had as pathologist assistants and so you know there's so many things radiology is doing right now and so that was a big area of medicine and but pathology will always be pathology and so, so I, when angles. i came to florida i just kind of got out of the whole medical field i'm i was in it for 16 years and i needed a change so i'm in hospitality right now i don't know if i can say where i work i don't know if they would be okay with no, that I, so but yeah, it's one to, of the big hotels in one of florida the big hotels. and you and and that is a that's a big uh, change, mm-hmm. but you're, you're you're dealing with live people a little bit more conversation. <laughs> I imagine you know the hospitality. Believe it or not, um, you're you're absolutely correct. But a lot of what you do in pathology is uh, you have to deal with the families. There was one time when I was still at uh, William Beaumont Hospital because I was the only female in in the field at the time, um, as far as non physician staff, and there was a young mother whose baby was she had to deliver a stillborn baby. And um, because babies are more, they have more fluid in, in, in between the tissues, right. for lack of a better way to say this, they will decompose quicker than a, an adult or, you know, even a, an older child. Um, and so she did not want to let go of this baby. She wanted to hold the baby because they always let the mothers hold the baby. And so she, she didn't 
it was a day, a day had gone by. And so they're saying, okay, let's one, let's try one more time to reason with this mother and get her to realize that we need to, she needs to move forward, you know, and we need to, to do something. So I had to go up there and I had to talk to her and she was very angry when I walked in and she didn't want anything to do with me. And, but then she found out I was a mother myself, you know, and I just, yeah. you know, tried to stay calm and talk with her. And she you finally, had that bond with her. You had, uh, finally, yes, yeah. she finally gave me the baby and I still keep in touch with her. And that was, um, in 2004, I believe it was, and I'm, we're still friends. That, that's amazing. That is. You, you Listen, don't know who you, mm-hmm. I, I just want to. I, I want to tie it back to the book now, and I have a question about all these stories. You like how much? So you, you've told us about the urban legend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Michigan, uh, about yes. the uh, you know the witch, the the witch, and and the, the cemeteries, and and then we've we've got your life skill. Um, <laughs> it's certainly not an odd profession, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a necessity, but it's not something everyone does. Now, did you, did you take all this together when you wrote the book? I mean, obviously, I did, you, know, obviously I didn't, you didn't name names and stuff, but I mean, did you, did you bring all this in with the characters? I, I actually, I did, but I didn't make a, con- I didn't do it consciously. It kind of occurred to me after that I was using my, um, things that my own, uh, life experiences were tied into the book because I, I consulted a few experts. You have to. You can't just wing it these days. People will just Google it and say, okay, she's just completely full of it. You know, this is completely not even believable. There has to be a believability factor. Even nowadays. in fiction, right? Just... I, and I don't mean to sidetrack, but I think even in fiction, the believability has to be there. It does. It I, has I to be something think... that people can connect to. It can't be so far out there that there's not even a thread of anything you can connect truth right yeah i I, okay that's interesting too anyway sorry so carry on oh oh no so i did i you know what's so funny is i've people have told me my whole life that i should write even you know grade school oh you have such a wild imagination you should write like i always it took a lot of writing classes and i really enjoyed it but i just i don't know it didn't occur to me to pursue it at that time i wanted to do something in science but so i thought you know what um I think I've got all these stories in my head and I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to sit down and, and, and write and see where it goes. And I wrote this book. I got myself trapped in what other people get themselves trapped into when you're writing online. Now, instead of writing it on paper, right. as you go back, you whenever you go in word, you pop it to the first page and um, you keep on, I kept changing characters. Oh, I don't like how that's worded. I don't like this person. I don't like that. I kept changing it. I was stuck on the first couple of chapters for like a month. So finally, someone who is a writer said, don't get in that trap. Write it all out on paper, like an out, at least an outline. Write it and walk away. Don't. And then the next day when you go up, you pick up from that point on and don't look at it for maybe a week and then go back and edit and then pick up from the same point where you left off. And, you know, I finished the book in three months. Wow. That, that's so, Yeah. I, I just got in like this zone. And all these ideas just started coming out, and it, the the story. I swear, I know this is cliche, but the story kind of. Once I realized, it didn't even go where I thought it was going to go. It just kind of took its own oh, path. It, it wrote itself. Yeah. It is as cliche as that sounds. It just. I, the more I sat down every single solitary day, I sat down and worked on that book. And even if, even if I was still writing at three o'clock in the morning to get my whole thought out, I I did. And when I was done, I put it away if I didn't, you know, but I just got in this zone where I read a book by um, Michael Slade 
I don't they, they're from they were based in Canada. It was a group of defense attorneys that had all kinds of different cases that they worked on and they were under the pseudo name Michael Slade and there was a young a kid that was buried but they 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 retrieved him and he became part of the gang that was his initiation and i always thought that it should should have ended differently i it would have been creepier and scarier if that had ended differently so i kind of start my book off with the, a, the you know the typical fat kid that's left out of everything just wants to be long he's smarter than everybody else but he doesn't like the fact that he's smarter but anyway so he gets in with these these the unholy five i called them and they bury him alive uh, after they get him drunk and they're going to go back and get him but the witch ends up in her you know she gets him because she's she's been seeing these kids in her territory and you know uh when the pact k- kicks in that she and then her let me just uh digress just for a moment okay the main character of the book is azura she's the witch she didn't start we start off as a dark witch but i found out when People are, you know, experimenting with witchcraft, and I'm not talking about Wicca or anything. I'm talking about just experimenting with witchcraft, and they turn dark. They need a demon, or they need a source, a dark source. And hers wasn't just a demon; he was the demon. She tried that, to trick but, him. But for they power. say that though. They they say don't don't play uh, with with things unless you understand. You have the proper protections, and you have the. Uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, spells. I mean, I'm really no expert. I'm, I'm learning as we go. But, but they always tell you, be careful where you step, right? Using right, even like cliche. with Ouija boards. We play with Ouija boards as kids. We had no clue what we were doing. Now we wouldn't touch one with a 10-foot pole um, because of you, you don't know like what comes through. And so, that's absolutely true. And she, her punishment is eternal. She's just hideous. She becomes hideous over time. And, you know, so that's, she has a tumultuous relationship. And I threw a lot of humor in when they're interacting and whatever. And so these kids, you know, they bury this poor kid. And when they go back and they, he's not there, but the casket's broken open that they had buried him in and everything. And um, so I just only go back to 84 because it, they say one year on earth is 40 in hell time. So every 30 years, Earth time, she has to, to kill. She gets the flesh and the demon gets the souls. That's their deal. So here it was in 80, 54, and it was in 84. And now and when I wrote the book, it started in 2014. And so um, so that's, that was the crux of the story is now, 30 years later, it's starting to happen all over again. So Scarlet it's, it's, is it's actually ti- a it's, seer it's time, from a long it, line of seers. It's, it's time now for the, for the next kill. Right. Yes. Yeah. Two more teens are gone. Have gone missing. And, and Scarlett knows because she, ever since she was five years old, the night that it happened in '84, um, she she didn't know what her gifts were. She didn't know where that. She had no clue, and it was difficult to open up to anybody about what was happening to her at night. And the dreams weren't as vivid, and they weren't painful at that point. But now, there, as this as this cycle is coming, her dreams are more vivid and. She's waking up in cold sweats, and, and she's actually getting physically harmed because the demon's trying to stop her, and now she knows who the killer is. But who's going to believe her? You know, like people are going to think she's a nutball. Right. You know, for- no, exactly. Similar to how I portray myself as a skeptic. If you saw this on TV, <laughs> you would go, that, that Scarlet is nuts. 
Yeah. <laughs> she, she needs to be. Yeah, and she, she's got a great relationship with her sister. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, she has two Italian brothers that they're, they want to kick everybody's butt for, for everything, right? And um, so when they see her with these scratches, she wakes up with scratches. They think it's her cat who's kind of a butthead. And, you know, they're like, whose butt do we have to kick and whatever. And so they don't want her in this profession. They know she's a paranormal and they know she's a private investigator. They don't know that she moonlights for the police department as a paranormal investigator. She only gets called in on cases that defy nor, uh normal parameters of death so but that's her thing that's what she does and she's the best of the best but i tried to introduce other characters like um she meets earl axendine um he is a snotty snooty um prima donna at the institution she has to visit and he doesn't like her because she's prettier than he is and he gives her a hard time and but he ends up unlocking a key like she ends up getting help from very unlikely sources and how to to she it's going to be an inevitable showdown between good and evil okay and now, it's coming now don't give away too much okay we'll tell the listeners why in a few minutes but uh <laughs> you, I, I i i can tell if we were sitting by a campfire you'd probably read me the whole story oh my gosh i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 it's I'm excellent i'm so excited i'm, 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 I'm on the edge of my seat but I, i'm thinking okay we we, we we gotta leave us hanging a little bit here i'm sorry no 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 don't be sorry at all this is great <laughs> this is i'm having a fantastic time um my next question goes because we're running what do we got here we got about six minutes Okay. And I want and I want to give you some time to talk about you know how people can get the book and stuff like that. But okay. now is this book now? Did you close it at that, or or do you still have? Is the story still going? Is there more books to follow? I was that that was my hope. I have a um, well, I, I won't say the name of the company, but one of the bigger um, companies said if you sell ten thousand copies of your book, that's kind of like the target number. We will discuss an acquisition. In that in that spirit, you know, you would have to have a cast of recurring characters. Right. So so I did leave it open so to where it could we could continue on. I don't know if it's going to be still the. I, I thought about you know having you know the rise of the crone. You know, I thought about you know because you can never kill evil, right. and I'm not giving you know letting the cat out of the bag with that. Evil cannot be killed. It's just like energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed, neither can evil. It's always prevalent. It's ever prevalent, but uh, so is good. So I did leave it open to, and if I get a, if there's a good reception and people enjoy the story and they, it seems like this, it would be a good idea to continue on, then I do have uh, a second and a third book. I already know what I want to do and how I want to write it, where I want to go with it. But I didn't want to jump the gun. No, no, no. You, you, you got to leave them hanging. That's what. That's why I stopped you with with the story. You got. You got to leave everybody hanging a little bit, <laughs> right? That you, you got us kind of licking our lips for this story now because it sounds like a good one. You say you got humor and 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 judging by the things you've told us, I mean, you certainly have the education. You also have the interest in the paranormal. Now, uh, are are you uh, gifted? Uh, are you psychic at all? Or I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't really want to offer that up because just in case people are saying oh my gosh that's such a bunch of bs i i'm sensitive my daughter she ended up leaving because i dominated this she didn't get a chance to say hello but you know i felt bad but um jennifer is she 
she has more of a gift than I do. What I what I do, my gift, I have seen. I was very young when I saw my great grandmother. Didn't know who it was. She was standing in the backyard. I was like, hey, there's someone lost in the neighborhood. Like, what are they doing in our backyard? And then I realized there was no face. All I saw was a black dress, like a white ruffle, white ruffle around the uh, sleeves, and white, um, like, no face, but kind of like a gray chignon hairdo. Right. That's all I can remember. But I feel things. I can feel people's pain. Like, if when I was drawing blood at the hospital, and I, I didn't put this together until all of a sudden, like, why am I such a mess? I might be – my go into early menopause or something where I'm so emotional about everything. What's going on with my hormones? Well, it wasn't any of that. I found out over time that I pick up on energy and it's good or bad. When I would be walking in certain patients' room to draw blood or, you know, do whatever the doctor asked me to do, there'd be times I'd have to go walk right back out because I would be, I was, I couldn't, I would just cry. I don't know how to explain it. But and that person would end up passing away within a day, and it happened about ten Gee, or fifteen maybe. times, I'd say. And all of a sudden, I realized did, something was going on here because I didn't always know they passed away. The nurse would say, "Well, I know you were really fond of you know so and so, and unfortunately, so you, you maybe there, didn't have the you didn't have the clarity that some I did, may, yes, I didn't know, yeah." So you were saying, you know what? Listen, we're almost running out of time, and I I could go on for hours, but. I don't get that long a show, unfortunately. <laughs> and I do have another guest in the waiting. But, you know, if you want to come I back know, sometime, sorry. if you want to come back sometime, you're more than welcome. Uh, give people a chance to uh, to read these books, um, of which, by the way, uh, Maria has agreed to give away two signed copies. And at the end of the show, we're going to tell you uh, how we're going to do that. And then we'll contact Maria and, uh, and, and let her know uh, who our winners are. But... At this point, uh, just because we're we got about three minutes, how can people? Are you on Twitter? What's your web page? Uh, where can they get the book? Actually, it's um, it's available. I do have a web page. I have novels by dot com. It's on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, Google, eBay, uh, Pinterest, Nook and Kindle, and. Um, my email if somebody wants would just wanted to you know email me direct and get a copy you know i i would be happy to send them a copy a signed copy um if they wanted to do it that way um, i i don't have a problem with that and so, I'll, I'll get all those links uh off your page and i'll make sure they're in the show notes as well oh thank you and uh are you on twitter or yes yeah. yes i am on Twi- google adwords and twitter so if somebody okay. googles crone or scarlet st james even horror um i do have a twitter at it's at eva st john i'm following um, you so i know where to find you so okay at eva st john 14 i believe i might have left off 14 i can't think right now i don't know why but that was going to be the character's original name and then i changed it to scarlet st james yeah. that's a uh, very fascinating i i can't wait to read myself um, and like I told you, just by reading that little, I don't know what you call it, prologue that you kind of mm-hmm. give away, um, gets a lot of people fascinated because, uh, I mean, you're bringing in horror, witchcraft, paranormal, um, you know, police, everything. You're bringing it all into one. It's so fascinating. There's a love triangle. There's, you oh, know, the, yeah, they said uh, the one, Linda Strong 
from Goodreads gave me a five and she never gives five. And I was like, honestly, I was, I was, I was flabbergasted. And she said, you have all of the elements. And she was telling me some of the things that she looks for in a book. And I didn't even know. I was like, I was afraid to even look at my review. I was like, oh my God, I'm so scared to look at this review. When I saw she gave me a five, she said, you have fire and brimstone, a love triangle. You're, you tied into a big city with Detroit. You have a strong female antagonist, a strong female protagonist, supernatural. You have dark humor. You have, you know, uh, a lot, a big, a lot of love in a, and she has a, a family as her pillar. Her faith is a pillar. You have, I have an ethereal being that. Ends Holy up, moly. You know, uh, I can't, so my th- hands getting sore writing all this down. Oh, dear, no, I'm, I'm just teasing. You. I'm just teasing. you. I got to oh. ask you, though, because we're right on the wire here. I know. Um, and, and again, I, I love talking to you and I definitely want to have you back on. And I'm oh. sure I'm sure all our listeners are going to want to reach out to you and be knocking on my door to have you back as well. Oh. And, and I'd love to talk to your daughter as well. But you also told me one last thing here. Mm-hmm. You told me that you were nervous about coming on the show as well. <laughs> How did that turn out? <laughs> You made it so easy. You made it. I felt like I was just only talking to you, which I am. And um, you really made me feel comfortable. And I guess everybody in their own, when you're talking about something you're passionate about, it comes easy. All right, Maria, listen, um, again, I'm, I apologize for cutting you short because I have so enjoyed this conversation. And, and that's the whole thing of this, this show is having conversations and getting to know the people behind the stories. Thank so, you. Thank you for the opportunity. I had a great time. Absolutely. And I will be in touch with you, um, obviously, with the winners of our two books. But, I mean, I'll, I'll also be in touch with you uh, uh, to talk in the new future, or near future, sorry, as well. Okay. Well, congratulations on your pilot show. I wish you nothing but the best and thank, continued success for you. Thank you very much, Marie. You take care. Thank you. Good night. All right. Good night. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. And when we return... We should have uh, Mr. Brian Crean from Metal Thunder Radio joining us. Uh, So don't leave. But if you need to do something, I guess maybe now's the time to do it. We'll be back. (laughs) You're listening to Live Tonight with DK. Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. This is your car care advocate, ASC Automotive Professional, Pam Oaks. And it's time to take a 60-second break and make you a savvy car consumer. Our childhood cartoons may soon turn into reality in the near future. Uber is looking upwards to the Skyway Highway, that is. The Transportation Group has hired retired NASA veteran to investigate the potential of the flying car. The group realizes that this technology is not feasible within the next decade, but is looking forward to the future of transportation. Lesson learned. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit CarCareAdvocate.com. Making you a savvy car consumer.
Cave Crew Radio, live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, only on CaveCrewRadio.com. Don't forget to check out the live YouTube feed, also available on demand on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever good podcasts are found. Cave Crew Radio at CaveCrewRadio.com. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Hot Dog Eating Contest Contestant. Mr. Hot Dog Eating Contest Contestant. What does it take to eat two dozen hot dogs in 12 minutes? Determination, fortitude, and a complete disregard for what they actually put in a hot dog. Open wide. How many times have we said, sure, one hot dog is nice, but 47 more would really hit the spot? Get me to a bathroom. What's for dessert? Nine pounds of antacids, one bleeding ulcer, and seven hours of routine angioplasty. My left arm feels tingly. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, oh diplomat of the dog, because our appetite for you will never be satisfied. Mr. Hot Dog, you got this Bud Light beer and I We're back. You're listening to Live Tonight with DK right here on the Hazy Radio Network. Um, so Big B is trapped in traffic, and he's going to be a few minutes, but he is a, a Big B. Brian Crean, I know him as the Big B. I'll explain to you why very shortly. But, uh, you know, it's been a while, folks. I, I, I've never stopped doing radio, but... Um, I'm used to now having, you know, multiple co-hosts on with me and, uh, you know, we just kind of flow through the whole show and of course we'll still have the odd guest on and whatnot, but usually we book it through the whole show and, and, you know, sometimes you get an interview, I guess, and, and you kind of wish that it, it ended right away. Um, but, uh, I could have talked to, uh, to Maria for a long time. Very fascinating lady. I, I, I again, I, as much as I tried to research, I really didn't know what I was walking into. And, and, and that's why I talk um, just for a, uh, just for a brief, yeah, almost 10 years. Someone in the chat room there. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been at it a long time. Live and learn. Uh, there's been some bumps in the road, but, um, you know, here we are. But I always did those interview shows, and, and, and I've always been drawn back to it. And, and my whole premise of the interview, though, is, and, and trust me, there's a lot of people that do phenomenal um, interviews out there. I, I, I don't by any means uh, claim to be the king of it. But what I like to do is I, I and this is why we call it an adventure. We're, go, we're going on an adventure. And I find so much in the world, um, you'll hear me talk in the weeks to come, that, that we build walls instead of bridges. And, and there's just as much labor that goes into both. Um, so I want to, you know, I, I want to take you on these adventures. And I just want to have conversations with people. And even though we're there to, uh, to talk about a novel and to promote a novel, um, which we did, I, I, I want to know more. I, I want to know who the person is. Uh, so much more about you. And um, in my belief, too, is that kind of sells, right? That sells, too. So, um, yes, see, I did miss you. It's great to be back. Uh, anyhow, uh, just to give you a little timbit, we'll talk about it more at the end. But next week, uh, scheduled to appear. We always have to say that until we get final confirmations. But uh, we do have confirmations going on. Uh, that um, we have an expert, or sorry, not an expert, a survivor of the Bermuda Triangle. That should be a fascinating story. And we also have a chap who wrote a book. I mean, we just got, well, I didn't, I'm Canadian, but, you know, most of my listeners being in the U.S., just got through this major election. And he wrote a book uh, called Fail to the Chief. And it's uh, it's writing as if the... Uh, as if the uh, election or the presidential race was a uh, was a television um, uh, reality show, and, uh, and uh, that one I had a chance to read. It's kind of fascinating. It's funny. So uh, just to give you the idea of the varied guests we're going to have, and um, you know, if I wasn't running uh, such for a safe uh, safer uh, work show, uh, because I know Brian, who is our next guest. Um, I'd give him a lot of heck right now, but um, I can't because I know him too well and I also have to behave on air. So I will tip you this, though, while we're waiting because you guys are all being so patient and putting up with my boring voice. Um, we already have two signed books, uh, autographed copies of Crone to give away, and we're going to tell you how we're going to do it at the end. We're going to be fair about this because we know a lot of people listen on podcasts and and um, you know download on iTunes, and then we also have our our loyal live listeners as well. So we're going to be fair about this. We're gonna we're gonna offer it up to both. So we're gonna like wait until the show drops, type of thing, and then we're going to um, and then we're going to uh, decide from the people that email us. But we also Brian has agreed to give us a gift as well. And uh, I'm, I'm just I'm waiting on poor Brian, who's probably got to hug his wife and kiss his kids and tuck them in. But, um, yeah. So, but I do encourage you, if, if you do not win uh, a copy of Chrome, um, I would think you heard enough that you want to, uh, you definitely want to order it. And we will have the links up uh, on the webpage. I, I am trusting... Uh, that Brian is going to be here in a second. So I am going to turn it over right now, uh, once again, to our good friend, Al, the producer. Uh, Al, take it away, please. Okay, well, let's get back to the action. Our second guest tonight is Brian Crane, perhaps 
better known as The Big B. He lives in Queens, New York. Brian is a heavy metal-based guitar player. He has opened for the bands Nuclear Assault, Murphy's Law, Type O Negative, and Carnivore. Most recently recorded with a ex-overkill guitarist, Bobby Gustafson. He is the creator of Metal Thunder Radio and co-host of Cave Crew Radio. Well, let the adventure begin. Over to you, DK. All right, got to hit the red button. It's the first lesson you learn in broadcasting school. Don't forget to hit the red button. All right, folks, so uh, I do believe he's here with us, and, 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 and you can tell us how you were stuck in traffic, Brian, but remember, I do have a swear jar on this show. Uh, welcome, everybody, Brian Crean. Hello, everyone. How, how much is the swear jar, first of all? Well, how much do you have enough money? I, wait, wait. For you, I'm going to make it ten bucks because I can literally retire off you, as <laughs> you probably true. could off me. But listen to this. I want you to be proud of me. I've gone almost an hour, and I don't even think I've said "gosh darn" yet. People can change. Well, that's all about the change now. <laughs> so what happened? Were you? Were you? Now, folks. Brian is from Queens, New York. Yeah. Um, and by the way, welcome to Live Tonight with DK. This is yes. Norm- thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, this is going to kind of be a different conversation for us folks because uh, uh, Brian and I co-host another show called Cave Crew Radio, and we've been playing off each other for three years, and we just kind of we know a lot about each other. But I, I wanted him to share some stories of of some of the other stuff he does uh, to all you out there. Um, but anyway, so was it traffic again? Was there a moron out there uh, holding things up? A biker or? Well, I, I'm assuming it's the same thing up by you. You know, when uh, whenever there's a little bit of rain. People are afraid to drive, so everything slows down. So we've had we've had some rain today, uh, so everybody slows down because they're afraid they're going to hit a puddle, and they may slide a little bit. Uh, so yeah, it's just basic traffic. Now, isn't it funny that you know? Again, you're in New York. I'm in Canada here, Ontario. Yeah. The winter we've had. One minute we got a foot of snow. Next minute we're in a in a thunderstorm. Let me tell you, earlier this week, uh, what was it, Wednesday, Wednesday this past week, it was, no joke, 65 degrees outside. The very next day, we got nine inches of snow. I remember seeing that on, uh, see, I'm not used to you making short sentences. Usually you go on for half an hour. Um, I got I to gotta make sure I watch watch my language. So, what, you know, oh, oh so, so it's the language that, that fills the long rants. Okay. Uh, <laughs> see, we're learning, folks. This is what this adventure is about. Um, but I just want to take a swig of my, my drink, and then uh, you, you went dead air on me. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I remember I was watching it last week. We, we, we had talked about it. Yeah. And, Pretty much everyone went into a panic, you know. Yeah, it's, it's snow day, snow day. The day before you were at the beach. Yeah, but. You're outside in your shorts, t-shirt, and the next day we have nine inches of snow on the ground. Welcome to New York winters, people. There you go. So, um, you're at rehearsal tonight. Is it uh, yeah. a new project you're working on? Is it anybody noteworthy or? Uh, can you say? Can you say? I, you know, I should ask that first. Say it again. I'm sorry. I, I mean, can you mention names? I, I don't want you to name. Oh, drop yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the other guys I, I do the metal show with, uh, Ron. His band, uh, Shadow Demise. Uh, I'm playing with his band, um, and it, I I didn't play music for like 12 years, and then last summer, 
uh, I was on vacation in Maine, and he sent me a message and said, uh, you know, our bass player or our singer uh, quit, and our bass player is going to become our singer, so we might need you to fill in for a show that we're going to that we're doing. It's like okay, uh, so I came home from vacation. I had two weeks to learn their set, uh, and we played a show, and uh, we all got along. So it was like you know, I just kind of continued playing shows with them, and uh, you know, now we're you know. Back at rehearsal, we got a show coming up uh, in three weeks, uh, so we'll just we'll see we'll see what happens. Now, a couple of questions out of that. Well, we, I mean, we need to find out where you, where the roots came from. But I mean, um, number one, twelve years away, uh, Rusty, or did you always play in the basement, or did you jam with buddies in the no, garage? Or? No, there was there was, there was a whole lot of rust that had to be knocked off in two weeks before the show. Yeah, because I, I mean, I imagine it's like riding or riding a bike, right? But at the same time, twelve years is still a long time. Well, I mean, you, you know what you you know what to do, right? You know what you don't forget how to play the instrument. Um, what you do lose is all your muscle memory, right? So, so, and when you're playing, your arms are loose, your all your muscles inside are loose, your fingers are loose. That goes away, you know. So, you try to jump back into playing some metal, and suddenly your arms are really tight, and it hurts to move your fingers, and you got to build that back up. And I imagine, like, they always talk about, I, I don't play guitar, but I mean, like, the calluses and stuff on, on your fingers and stuff. Must oh, yeah, heal yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Now, the calluses, obviously, you know, not playing for 12 years, calluses go away really, really fast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it hurts a little bit when you start playing again. Because, by the way, folks, uh, Brian also has an office job. It's not like he's out shoveling cement or anything like that to keep those calluses up. Right. Yeah. I, uh, unless typing. I, unless I typing. Do a nine to five office job in Manhattan. So yeah. yeah, I'm. There's no calluses involved. Unless typing causes calluses, right? But, but anyway. So before I ask my next question, so yeah. um, we're kind of going backwards because normally you would start at the beginning, but we're going to yeah. go backwards, I guess. But so uh, tell people, like obviously I know, but you have a you have a family, which mm-hmm. is probably why you left, right? So so, what does your family consist of? Well, yeah, I have I have I have a wife and two two boys, uh, a ten year old son and a fifteen month old son. So there's a wide gap between children, uh, which actually works out well, kind of because you don't have like the the fighting amongst the children. There's no there's no jealousy. There's no fighting for attention. Uh, my older son goes and plays his video games and he's got his friends and the baby is you know doing his thing. So they're not fighting over toys or anything. Right. And, uh, and, and, and my older son loves the, the, his little brother. So, uh, makes things easy. Built in babysitter in a few years. I can't wait. I told I, the second that baby was born, I said in a few years, you're built in babysitting. So, you know, I know you, you, you cringe when you go into a church and stuff, but God has his ways. Never doubt. It's always in God's time. That's what I always try to say. I don't know. I may get struck by lightning if I walk into a church. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, so now we know. You, well, we know you have a family. Did you Did you miss it when you got that call 12 years later? What was it like? What was the adrenaline like? What was Was it fear? Was it adrenaline? Was it excitement? Was it everything? Um, it was kind of just. I mean, I was on vacation, so I was like in vacation mode. So it was just like. Okay, I'll fill in. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then the day after we got home from vacation, I was in the studio with them. And that's when it was like, uh, you kind of have like a, I can't swear. So it's like an oh, an uh oh moment. Uh oh, right? gosh like, darn it. Uh, 
Uh, you can say well, friggin'. I haven't, I haven't friggin'. done this in a really, really long time, and I have a really, really short time to learn all of this stuff. Yeah. This is going to kind of be a little hard. Yeah. What did I kind of get myself into? So it was right away, it was like, yes. And then you got, whoa. Yeah, and we all make those decisions in life, right? Yeah, what, what did I just What did I just commit to? Well, you know, you forget after after being away for twelve years, you forget. Like you remember the on stage times and the fun times. You forget the rehearsals, the lugging of equipment, and all that. And then once you get back into it, you're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about all of this stuff. Why did I say yes to this?" <laughs> Now, see, I've got questions building and building, and I speak with this guy every week, and I still am I, I, things I didn't know about him. But number one, uh-huh. what did Mrs. B think? Or sorry, Miss Mrs. Crean. I keep calling you Big B, but that's your name, my nickname for you. But um, now, did did you have a was was she you know happy when you left uh, the band, and then you had to tell her you're going back? What was that like? Was she? No, yeah, it was no, it, was, it wasn't anything like that. It was uh, I told her while we're on, you know after I hung up with the with Ron, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be apparently I'm gonna be filling in for Ron's band, and they got a show on whatever date it was. She's like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. But you all share the same friends too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know each other. You know, she, you know, we, me and her have been together for. You know, She's 20 years, I guess, whatever it is. So she remembers, you know, playing in a band. And I told her, too, I said, you know, uh, once I continued to play with this band, I was like, you know, this isn't anything like it was back in the night. Back in the 90s, it was, you know, full on the band or nothing. This is now, you know, I have a job. I have family. You know, it's kind of the band will be there like way, way down in priorities, you know. When, when, it, when it's within a reasonable travel distance. Right, right, or, yeah, or it yeah. might be a weekend away or something. If that, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dedicate my life to it. You know, it's it, those day, those days are long gone. Right. Anyway, I mean, you have well different things you're into now, but um, going back to the old days again, and, and yeah. um, you know, like again, a lot of us look at bands, whether it be a small band or a large band, and it's glamorized. It's it's the show. Right. So, like you said about the rehearsal, but when you're a small band, it's not you don't have rowdies or anything, do you? There's no glamour whatsoever. You're you are the guy carrying in the Marshall stacks and the and the cords oh, yeah. and driving the van in whatever kind of weather, all times of night. Oh yeah. No, no private jets or buses going from town to town if you're on a tour. What's that Absolutely. like? Absolutely not. It's it's you know it's it's funny because that's 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 how everybody gets into music. At least you know as from when I was growing up, that's how I got into it. You know, it was like uh, seventh and eighth grade. You know, you're talking to your friends in school. It was like you see Metallica playing or you know somebody like that. You're like, oh man, I I want to do that. You know, all right, let's form a band. Okay. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into, right? You've never picked up an instrument before. You you know you don't know what what what's to come. You got to learn and all of this stuff. You just think automatically you're going to pick up an instrument. And I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be just like them. Yeah, that does not happen at all. Very slim chance, right? Very, very extremely like slim anything chance. though. It's like anything. And and, and I, I you know you know me. I'm and for those of you that don't know me because this is a new show. Uh, I played hockey years ago, and I, and I coach now because I'm much older, and I also have a family and and don't commit to things the way I used to. But you, you think you're going to play in the NHL. And in the NHL, they travel around in jets, and they wear the finest suits, and, uh, you know, they they do television commercials and stuff like that. When you play in the minor leagues, 
Sure, you're getting paid for it. But you're traveling by bus, sometimes eight hours with a game the next day or the same day, depending when you leave. You know, you're lugging your own equipment. There's nobody setting it up for you. You need your skates sharpened. You're bringing your skates to be sharpened or your stick to be taped. So the glamour that not just kids, I think that anybody sees, whatever, like we were just talking to an author. Not all authors turn out to be Stephen King. Right. It's, it, you know, you're your own producer sometimes. You, you have to go out there and sell your own stuff. And I'm sure you guys had your own CDs or whatever. Well, probably when you did it, albums. But, you know, had, you can laugh. I, I, I didn't say you couldn't laugh. No, I we had, I'm swear. just thinking, we, had, we actually did have CDs. We had, we had, you did uh, have tapes, CDs? Wasn't cassettes? And we came out with a CD in 1996. Wow. That was a big deal for us because we were like, oh, it's going to be on CD. How cool is that? It was like such a big deal for us. And they were probably actually cheaper to make than albums, were they? Or well, albums are yeah. quite labor intensive. They're, uh... yeah, at, that, at that point, nobody was making albums. Um, we, our, our first uh, recording was in 1992. It was on cassette tape. Uh, we recorded again. We recorded you know, a couple of times in there, and they were all cassettes. Uh, 1996 was our big CD release. Um, so that was like, you know, it was huge because CD was still not everybody had CD in 96. It was still tapes. You know, a lot of most of it was on tapes. So CD was a huge thing. It was going to be awesome. Now everybody has CDs and not even CDs, MP3s and all that stuff, digital downloads. Now, now but, when, yeah. and, and when you record a cassette, again, I don't know this because I never was in a band, but mm-hmm. you can almost do it yourself production almost, right? But I imagine uh, a CD, you couldn't do it that way. I know there were still studios, but I, I imagine it was much more complex with the technology to produce a CD. Um, well, I mean, all the recordings, obviously, we went, to, we went to a recording studio for. And it's the same setup. It's just a different recording medium. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when you're going to record, like, let, let's go. In 92, we recorded on Reel to Reel, which is those big, mm-hmm. you know, I'm old enough to remember. We're not. We're not all millennials here, <laughs> right? Um, but real to real, that's that's analog recording. Uh, so you take that and you bring it to the mastering house. Uh, they they pull that off and they'll you know dub you know get all your tapes run, um, whatever you order, and give you the masters back and the tapes and all that stuff. Uh, as technology went on, there was different digital versions of recording there was there was that which is big it looked like a it looked like a vcr tape almost um but it was digital digital audio tape was what that stands for um then it got smaller and went to adat um and then i think i think we recorded the cd on adat tapes adat tapes were a little tiny um I don't know if you had the eight millimeter video camera it almost looked like eight yeah, millimeter I tapes those. video yeah, cameras yeah. a little bit um, like a smaller cassette tape like a, a smaller cassette tape, yeah. right? Right. Those were ADAT tapes, um, and that's what recorded our um, our CD on. But it's it's the same setup. It's just a different recording medium. So you still give whatever the recording was, whether it be real, the real DATs, ADATs. You give that to the mastering house. Uh, they uh, pull it off the masters, put it onto whatever medium you want, whether it be tape, CD, and like you said, albums were very expensive, and nobody was doing albums at the time. That was pretty much a dead. Uh, a dead musical medium. Uh, so it was just either tapes or CDs. Um, so, it, you know, cost was a little much because CDs were newer, um, but it was worth it. Now, here's, here, let, let's go into this with recording. 
So obviously, uh, let's go back to say like a big band. You mentioned Metallica. Somebody comes to them and says, "Look, you, we're going to give you ten albums or whatever CDs, and they're paid for. They, nothing comes off. No blood, sweat, and tears. Right? They just make. I'm not saying no. I, I, I don't mean no blood, sweat, and tears. But there's no upfront cost or investment or anything because they're um, they're kind of sponsored, yeah. right? So, so what what would happen is the label would advance you. <laughs> Advance you the money for recording, uh, whatever it is. Just say it's ten grand. I'm just off the top of my head. Uh, they'll give you ten grand to record. You can do whatever you want with that money, right? You can go party and blow it on you know, strippers and booze and drugs and whatnot. You still owe them an album, right? Right. You still owe them a ten thousand dollar album. So, a lot of bands would take that and blow their uh blow their load kind of maybe somebody would buy new gear or you know in the 80s drugs was a big thing drugs right. and, and strippers oh my god i'm rich basically right it kind yeah. of yeah but then you still owe the the, the record label on album so then you put out a less than quality product because you're rushed you don't have any money to put into the recording so you get like joe down the street to record your album instead of going to a professional studio uh, you're gonna lose your deal Right. And you have to you have to pay back that ten grand. It's like a, so, a guaranteed loan or whatever. Basically, what it is, yeah. The the the, comp, the record company will front you the money. You deliver the product, and they make their money back based upon at that time based upon record sales and and so forth. So they, after 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 that downloads after that point, there's no royalty to the band. Like, is it a yeah, one there's, time? There's royalties to it, but all oh. the money goes back to the record company first. And Anything then you above might get a percentage. What they front you. Yeah. is yours. But then don't forget, you have to pay your managers, right. you have to pay your booking agents, you have to pay a whole bunch of people. So whatever's left for you, you know, most of the time it's not much. Now, let's um, – so for for your size band. Yeah. Um, we never made any money. So that must have been like a big decision. Do we record this? And then I imagine you gradually made your money back by charging ten bucks or you know whatever. It, it, like I, I, I'm just speaking even from a show standpoint. I, I I'm not a Joe Rogan, you know, um, ninety eight million download listeners type of thing. So if I say I want to do T shirts, it's kind of like an upfront investment of my own capital, rolling the dice. Kind of the same yeah. thing with you guys, right? Like so, you're like, hey guys, was, do you think yeah, this will the, work? It was the exact same thing. It was, uh, you know, who who had a job at the time or who whose parents would loan us money. You know what I'm saying? Because we were, you know, in our early 20s. We didn't have real jobs. We were, you know, one guy worked at a gas station. I worked at a beer distributor. Uh, you know, it was it wasn't, you know, where you're making 40, 50, 60 thousand dollars a year, you're making like five bucks an hour. So it was, you know, mostly like whose parents could lend us some money, you know, right. that we could make some. Imagine tell mom stuff. and dad in the eighties, yeah. I want to be a rock and roll star. I yeah, imagine it, was, I imagine it, it didn't go like, over that know, well. Hey, this is what we're doing, and you know, the more the more serious we got, the more I guess our parents kind of looked at us like, all right, they they're actually moving forward. They're actually going a bit above and beyond like the normal you know kids down the street or you know whatever i'm being so, i'm being told uh brian by the station owner that i can play your music because this is a licensed 
like you have your license on your show. And I just said, oops, I didn't think that far ahead because we could have played a song. So maybe you can give me a song, send me one, and next week on the commercial break, I'll play a song of something that you've done. I certainly and can give you, send you one. Give you full, one now. full credit. I don't have time. I'm doing really good with the schedule, though. You'd be impressed with me. I was really nervous about this jamming because the last guest, we had, you know, the Chromebook that was sponsoring us on the other show. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to go back and listen to her. She is a fascinating lady. Um, and I, I, I think she's still there. So so because we are on the other show, I want to say thank you for sponsoring us. Yes, uh, I, I did uh, as well. Uh, to uh, Miss Mayor. Oh, can you hear me? Uh, yes, we can. can. Are you serious? Oh, I was laughing. I was like, I, you guys are making me laugh. I didn't know because it says off air on my computer. Well, well thank you for that. That <laughs> you're making. I'm listening to every word you're saying. If you well, want to laugh, you. if you want to laugh, you haven't heard nothing yet. Um, yeah, I'm being nice. I have to be nice on this show. Stay, you guys are hilarious. I love this show. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned to the post show when we're off air, and that goes for sale on Patreon. Uh, but because you're a guest. <laughs> And that's not censored. But anyway, no, I, I, I thanked her too. And, and I, I'm not, I didn't even know she was there, to be honest with you. I, I'm being completely honest with you. Um, judging on the feedback I'm getting from the chat, it's very fascinating. You got to go back and, um, and listen to the interview because not only did the book sound fascinating to us, but her story is, is great. I want to, I want to talk to her some more again. Anyway, um, are we done with that stuff? Can we get to the radio? Because I, I only have I only have ten more minutes for you. This isn't your show. This is my show. Gotcha. All right. Let, uh, let me let me let me okay. tell you one quick story about you, you said uh, you know do, do do things ourselves. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have to get a van, right? You know, it's you. Every band has their own van, so we went searching high and low for a van, and we found one in the paper that says it was well maintained. Um, we bought the van. It was fifteen hundred dollars. I remember it was an eighty six nineteen eighty six Ford Econoline. It was a white van with a silver door. Um, we brought it home. Uh, it was rattling. The, the 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 van shook as you were driving it. We brought it home. We brought That's it what to, I need to the sound our, effects. Our, our friend, the mechanic, and he says, "Okay, where two of your uh, cylinders were is a block of wood." I said, aha. And a little bit of duct tape. Works for everything. Sure. Just works for everything. And, of course, the guys that sold it to us said, oh, yeah, it just needs a tune-up. Uh, so, yeah, that's just how things go when you're independent band and yeah, fun times. Since the owner's uh, listening out there in the chat room, obviously wanted to make sure everything went smooth. And, and I, I, Zeta, I've known for years. Um, I might need to extend this to two hours. I don't know if there's another half hour in the time slot, but... The way these guests go, and I could listen to one guest for two hours, but uh, anyway, for tonight, we'll keep it to the 90 minutes because I have some things I got to get done. I want to talk to you about radio, though, too, because uh, besides, and, and I know you're proud of your music career, and you should be, you're, um, the stories are great. And again, the great thing about you is, is if a guest cancels at the last minute, you I'm can't a, say no to me. I, I can't. See? <laughs> So you might hear Brian again. So don't despair <laughs> if we miss something here. But I want I want to talk about um, uh, I want to talk about the radio as well. Um, 
obviously you and I host uh, Cave Crew Radio, and we'll get into that if we have time. But I'm more interested in in Metal Thunder Radio and radio in general. So, uh, where did you begin there? Like, did did you have training? Because you're obviously, you know, you're doing something different in the. I don't like to call it the real world because we put a lot of work into this stuff. But how, how did you get into that? Where, where did you segue? Well, it, it's it's funny. The real world is kind of what pushed me into that. Um, I was uh, at my job uh, for a long time. I was in the accounting department and I was working in treasury and uh, doing foreign exchange trades and all this stuff. And I really hated my job. Um, I was kind of uh, I was kind of missing like uh, the music aspect at the time. This was 2008. So I was kind of just missing being in a band or doing some music or doing something creative because I'd sit there and look at spreadsheets all day and I kind of hated it. Mm. I know so the feeling. I started- I, I, look, I, I just, as you're talking, uh, people can't see me because we don't do video, but I'm just nodding right along with you. I, I, I hear you. <laughs> um, so, so I just started thinking, I was like, and, and I was listening to, a, satellite, a lot of satellite radio at the time, uh, a lot of talk shows, and you know, I was l- listening to the production aspect of it. And I said, you know what? I'd love to learn how to do production on a radio show, the little stingers and whatnot, and all that stuff. So I started looking at places, you know, where I could learn, learn stuff like that. So I, just, I found a broadcasting school, and I went to broadcasting school. Solely, all I wanted to do was learn the back end of it. Just learn how to do all those promos and stingers and whatnot and bumpers and all that stuff. Um, I was fascinated by it. And, and, you know, all the time I spent in studios, uh, you know, being in a band, I know my way around a studio and a board and I can mix things. Obviously, it's it's, it's the same board and stuff. It's just, it's 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 the the spoken voice. It's the same basic setup. You're still mixing stuff. You want to make sure everything's level and all that. So it's the same basic thing. So I figured, you know, this would be great to learn. Uh, as I started getting into it, it was, uh, it was, uh, I guess, and, and my teachers kind of pushed me that way too. That I was, you know, I had a decent voice, and I and I did well while I was on air. You know, a lot of the projects you have to be on air to do things and all that stuff, and they they liked the way I sounded on air. So I just started, you know, and at the time I had I my my older my ten year old son was just uh, two at the time. So you've been in this about as long as me. I set up a little home studio. And I did a lot of the stuff, a lot of the audio production stuff at home. And I looked at it, I was like, I kind of have like a mini radio station set up here. So, you know, I could kind of do some stuff. Um, and they even said to get in the radio industry, to get into a radio station or something like that, you have to uh, be an intern somewhere. You, and, and, and I don't know if it's the same in the States, but I, I have the same problem in Canada. Um, I have a journalism uh, minor, um, but you need a degree in broadcasting to work. Well, mm-hmm. the guy with the degree in broadcasting might not have a very good voice. And I'm not, again, I'm not blowing my own horn, but you know, we've interned in doing this internet radio stuff for 10 years. Right. But I don't know if I'd want to work in a station though, but anyway, go ahead. Well, well, that would, that was the thing, you know, I'm, I was trying to get out of my job. I was trying to, you know, get into a radio station. Um, but they said you need to intern and I couldn't because interns are, you know, they're unpaid you know, and you had a family work you had a family. and I don't have time. I have a full-time job. I have a new, you know, a two-year-old son, you know, and, and my wife, I got to bring money and I can't quit my job and go be an intern for free. Right. Right. So I started thinking to myself, what can I do to make a, uh, a, like a demo reel? I could do a radio station at home. 
So I started putting the idea together, and as and as it grew, I was you know threw around a whole lot of ideas, and I said, "What do I like best? What do I know best? I know music. I know metal. So let me do a metal show." So I talked to my friend. Uh, I talked to Scott. You know, you know Scott. Yep, yep. I was like, "Hey, let's let's do a show together. You know, this is my idea. We'll do it once a week, and you know, it'll be it'll be fun." So he's like, "All right, cool. Sounds good." And that's how Metal Thunder Radio gets started. And and it turns out now it's kind of like our. Um, and and it, it's funny, folks, because well, Brian's show is different than mine. They all come into his. He has a, a legitimate studio in his basement where the, the, what three or four of them, um, maybe more at times, um, do the show. Whereas when Brian and I do my show, um, we're miles. He's in New York. I'm in I'm in Canada. It's right. it's a, it's amazing what technology has done. Oh, it's great. But it, to me, it's like guys' night out, and 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 the family knows. Like the boy will say to me, um, "Do you want? Oh, you got your show tonight." And it's, you know, I mean, he's supportive. Everyone's supportive of it. My wife knows. Everybody knows. My neighbors know. Uh, in the summer, when everyone's around, um, what's going on? You want to do? Nope. Got my. Oh, you got your show tonight. Cool. Okay. Right. right. You know, because they know how much I love it. it, it it's just for, and I think when you have fun, um, that comes out well too. Yeah, absolutely. But explain the show a little bit because. Um, and we're going to go over, we got five minutes, we'll, we'll, we'll go five more, but it, it's not just, you know, like people say, oh, he's, he's a, he's a metal DJ. He gets in there. Hey, our next song is by, it's not like that with you guys. What, what, what's the chemistry? I mean, I know it cause I listen to the show, but right. Yeah. No, it, it, it never was that it was, uh, it started off as an hour. Uh, we do what ten ten songs in an hour. It was like forty minutes of music and twenty minutes of talk. And the idea the idea behind the show is actually like if you go over your and it doesn't even have to be metal. Just you go over your friend's house and you listen to music. You you listen to music. Music's in the background, but you talk and you have fun and all that. And you you're hanging out, right? That's what our show is. Every month, every Tuesday night, it, you you come to hang out with us. So we'll play some music and we'll talk about whatever happened during that week. Uh, you know, we'll tell stories from back in the day when we played. And it's not all just music talk either. It's like, you know, whatever. Oh, I, you know, blew, I got a flat the other day and this happened, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we laugh and we, we, we smash each other, uh, cause we're all friends. So we can yeah. smash each other. Uh, we, we, we have fun with the people in the chat room. They know us by now. So we can smash them. They smash us. And, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot like a, a lot like a talk show. But with music, but uh, the way like, I always describe it is: you come, what what you what everybody who's listening is is coming to my house and hanging out, listening to tunes. We're hanging out, we're drinking, we're having a good time, and we're listening to some tunes. And maybe we'll interview uh, a guy in a band every now and then. Yeah, and you know what? And and you have had some great interviews as well on that show. But that's that's the fun. So I mean, I do like metal. Some of the stuff you play, it's even heavier than my taste, but. It's it's the charisma and waiting for you guys to get back on the mic, and um, and uh, the fun that you have and 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 you you can tell you've all known each other forever. But but you, that's what draws me into all shows. I think, and and I, I think a lot of shows miss that. Is that your audience? No matter what it is, if you're talking about storybooks or 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 baking cakes or heavy metal music, you got you, you got to feel like you're there. Right. And if and if you do, that's that's what sells the show. 
And that, that's why we bring the chat room. Everybody that comes in a chat room, we acknowledge them and we try to get them, you know, get them talking. Like a lot of the stories that we bring, we talk about 80s TV shows, whatever. You know, people like, oh, I remember that show and I remember doing this. And that, give, that brings back a memory for them where they bring it to us. And we're like, oh, you know, we'll either make fun of it or if it's funny, you know, we'll, we'll you know, if it's a good joke, we'll laugh, whatever, you know, brings everybody in. And you know what? The chat room can be your greatest ally because um, it's a whole nother night that we could go on. Um, I know we both release in podcasts and we get downloads on iTunes and all that stuff. But live versus record is a whole different thing. There's no right. stop button. Like tonight, right. yeah. you're a few minutes late. So I, oh, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Um, and, and that's what I love about it. I, 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 I tried doing recording and it drove me nuts. But anyway, I want to ask you about your your take on Cave Crew in a second, but where do we hear uh, Metal Thunder Radio and where do we find Metal Thunder Radio? And you can tell them to buy a T-shirt, but they're probably going to want to wait a few minutes. Right. Uh, Metal Thunder Radio is heard every Tuesday night uh, live on MetalWorldRadio.com. Uh, it's also simulcast on uh, CaveCrewRadio.com, uh, and it's repeated every Thursday night on uh, 102.7 WSNR. Uh, so live. Which you uh, were what this month? We were number, we are the number one show, the number one music show on uh, 102.7 WSNR. That is awesome. That, that's Seven, a cool 17,000 listeners. That's huge, you know? It's, it's like ridiculous. I said. It's crazy. It's, it's no 98 million, but for people like us, that's. That's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, it blew my mind when he told me we were number one, and then I saw the numbers the other day. If I knew that many people were listening to me, I'd actually get nervous. I, I, I don't always, even, you know, we don't even think about it because, like, in the uh, when you're live, I'm worried about who's on chat. Yeah. And if there's like six people on chat, you're not thinking there's seventeen thousand people yeah. listening. Listening, I know. That's why, like, I always text you downloads and stuff like that, and you're absolutely amazed at it. Or, or now with this TuneIn app, um, people or, or even people listening on on the site on their phone don't always join the chat, and you you go back to your Centover or whatever you use, and uh, you look and, and you go in the history, and it's like, uh, it, it, holy Jesus, Brian, did you realize we had, and this isn't 17,000, but I'll be like, do, do you realize there was 200 people listening to us last night? There was one person in chat. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, so you don't realize that. But what's your take? Uh, because uh, Brian and I, as I had mentioned earlier, do a show on, on Cape Career Radio. Uh, just, again, a quick little... Um, you know, how we met, how, how, how it attracted you, and, and what what's our little thing we got going on there? Well, uh, it's, it's funny, doing the metal show, that's uh, just so everybody knows, we were we were doing it independently uh, for a long time, and then uh, I got hooked up with, the, with a network called All Radio X. And uh, the person that helped set us up uh, on All Radio X was uh, your faithful host, uh, Mr. DK here. Um, and, uh, you know, he helped us set up and everything. And, uh, as time went on, on the, while we were on all radio X, I was checking out all the shows and I checked out his show and his show was very funny. It was called double talk radio. Um, and it was very funny and I listened every week and, uh, it got to the point where sometimes I, you know, I would be in chat and all this stuff. And then, then, uh, I guess he asked me to come on one night. So I went on and it was, and it built from there. So that's where I got to know DK. Um, and then when that show ended, I said, uh, I said to him, I said, Hey, 
let's do a show. You know, I was just thinking about doing something other than metal. I still had the metal show, but let's, you know, let's do like the, let's do a, a man show. It'd be about sports and current events and what, you know, whatever we want it to be. And, you know, it's just us. Um, so that, and that was the birth of Cave Crew Radio. And oh my God, did it explode into something strange. It really did. You know, but, it's, but it's a what, great like, thing. We originally planned it as uh, it's going to be a, like, you know, uh, a sports show. And man sports. Yeah. It, 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 I don't think we've talked sports ever. Well, we talked about from, the Super oh, did Bowl. Did you see the game? Yeah, it was a good game. Anyway, in the news. Yeah. We, we, we talked about the Super Bowl. We were talking about Lady Gaga being body shamed. But that's about as close to sports as we've gotten. Right. <laughs> And that was the whole point of the show originally, yeah. uh, but it turned into it turned into something strange. It turned into something a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and I what three years almost, eh? Third year anyway. Is it three? Is it three it's years? Got to be our third year. God, but it's um, so fast. Yeah, it, it, it's um, but it's those are the kind of relationships you make, uh, either with guests or just by making contact in uh, in any form of arts at all. So, uh, Cave Crew Radio can be heard Thursdays at nine. Um, on com, and currently it's uh brian and myself we we had a gent from england who has gone missing but we've got our own kind of little mystery going on you, you'd have to listen to to find out but we found a new fellow last week and hopefully he'll be back um we've been looking for a democrat forever and i think we found one <laughs> so it makes it even more fun canadian a republican and a democrat <laughs> so, it's a lot of fun. I actually, it, actually, I got I got into another mini argument on Facebook with him today. It's fun. Yeah, well, we got, you got to carry that on there. Got to keep that on there. So, oh, absolutely. Um, anything else in the works? So, I mean, I mean, so now you're you're working in the music again. You got the two radio shows. You growing family, uh, busy at work. That that's it for your hobbies and stuff at the moment. Uh, I'm just, I'm waiting. Uh, what I did, uh, last year was, uh, record, uh, record a song on, uh, Bobby Gustafson's albums, Bob, uh, Bobby Gustafson's upcoming solo album. Uh, he was the ex, ex guitarist for Overkill. Uh, so I'm just waiting for that to come out. That's in the mastering process now. That should be out hopefully within a couple of months. Now, what, what, uh, so. now here, here's a scenario before we close out here. Here's a scenario. So what if, so what if, after all we've talked about in the past half hour or so, Bobby Gustafson comes and he says, man, Brian, this song has taken off. We've got maybe not even an international tour, but we've got a North American tour. What's going to happen then? The money's right. We've still got the family at home. What, what, what would be your insight on that decision? If, if, the, money, if the money is there... Um, that'd be something hard to pass up. Uh, I Remember, can, though, I you're, you're missing job, these kids like growing up. You know, and... just, you know, talk it over with the wife. Uh, it would be something hard to pass up. I don't see it happening, but it would be something hard to pass up. That's similar when I was discussing with the wife how I was going to be uh, Kelly Ripa's next co-host. And we live <laughs> in Canada, and the show is recorded in New York. And she said, um, "Hun, we'll cross that bridge. Right. When it comes, <laughs> obviously, I'm still not hosting uh, live with Kelly. Right. <laughs> she doesn't even know I exist. But anyway, I'd have a better chance of meeting her on General Hospital than I would on Live with Kelly. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, you've got something to, to give away the, the kids as well out there. 
Um, what, do, what do you got for us? I do. Uh, uh, and get the swear jar ready because the, I, can't, I can't avoid this. Because this is, this is our well, thing it, that we've been doing. It is after... Well, it is after 10.30 at night, so the kids should be in bed. All right. Well, oh, all right. So so what we've been doing, our, our thing is we have You might have to spell the word, though. Can you at least spell it? All right. I'll spell it. Okay, good, good. Uh, uh, we have T-shirts for sale on our website. Uh, the, the, the For sale, they're $18, uh, you know, free ta- no tax, uh, free shipping. Um, and you get plenty of goodies uh, along with the the shirt, so it's not just a shirt. You get stickers and whatnot. Uh, so for eighteen dollars, we sell them on the website. But for this show, we are giving away two T-shirts, uh, two Metal Thunder Radio T-shirts. Uh, you do have to do something though to get these shirts. Uh, you have to email contact at metalthunderradio dot com. That's m e t a m e t a l t h u n d e r R-A-D-I-O dot com. Email contact at metalthunderradio.com. And you have to write in the body of the email, Ron is a D-I-C-K. Well, that's not a bad word. You know the words I didn't want to hear. Well, I, I don't know how far we... So I you can, can say, say you dick. Have to, you, have to say, you have to say Ron's a dick. Right. In the email. <laughs> and then add. obviously give your, your, your information, your size that you need, uh, and where to ship it to. Uh, <sighs> for the I don't usually do this if I'm giving away a shirt, but for, for DK's show, I will. Uh, along with the, the T-shirt, you'll get uh, a, a wide variety of stickers from various bands we play. Um, you'll also get, a, a, a for a limited time, uh, for for these two uh, giveaways, you'll get a CD from one of the local bands uh, that we play as well. Very talented. Uh, think uh, if you're a Primus fan, you would really like this CD. Um, so we'll give a, a give away two T-shirts with a, a set of a bunch of stickers and a CD. Okay. And now here's the deal, too, because I set up an email for the show. So if I get anything, I'll forward it to you, and you can decipher if it said one uh, is a Van Dyke um, in 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 the uh, in the email. Okay. You say Ron is a dick. That's all you have to say. Okay. Ron is a dick. That's 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 awesome, and, and that's that's a huge size your address. Uh, you got to email it, uh, Scott. But here's the thing: we're doing too, uh, Big B, because you know as well as I do in this business, we get downloads as well as live. So the, the the show should be up by like say tomorrow. So by about next say Thursday, we can decide, you know, who's going to win. We'll give a chance for some people that download on iTunes and stuff to get a chance as well. Sure, because people you guys are all email over. And because uh, I, t- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, you guys email contact at metalthunderradio dot com. Say Ron's a dick. Give your size and your information. And next Thursday on Cave Crew Radio, we will randomly pick two winners. There you go. That's so you have you have so you know and and I pray. And it's going to be random, and I'm going to supervise it. Because one time I got a free T-shirt from Big B, and I won't tell you the shipping that he charged me. <laughs> I could have bought a wardrobe. because So we're going to pick a winner in, like, Singapore for Big B <laughs> or Australia just for you. International shipping is expensive. Anyway, we'll put all that stuff up in the links if you weren't. You know, we talk pretty quick, and we're going to turn it over to uh, Al, the producer, one more time um, to uh, to tell us how you can enter these contests at our end, and we'll forward it off to the uh, the guests. Uh, folks, this week we have had um, 
uh, Maria. I'm going to see. I keep wanting to say mayor, but it's Mar. Okay. Uh, author of Crone, um, which is a uh, Scarlet St. James novel. And, and the story uh, that you heard tonight, uh, you're not going to find in the book because we heard so much extra bonus personal stuff. And it was a fantastic interview. So tell a friend. And uh, Brian Crean, a good friend of mine. I know him as the Big B on Cave Crew Radio. Uh, but he also hosts the Metal Thunder Radio on Tuesday nights, uh, live at 9 o'clock on, I can't keep track because you've moved networks. It's live at uh, 9 p.m. every Tuesday night well, on I know MetalWorldRadio.com. Okay, say that again because I spoke over you. Uh, uh, live every no, no, Tuesday night. No, not that part. The, 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 the station. I said the live at 9 p.m. Tuesday. MetalWorldRadio.com. Also simulcast on CaveCrewRadio.com. On CaveCrewRadio.com. All right, guys, listen, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to come back for a second, but let me turn it to uh, over to producer Al here for a second. Uh with some info. Thank you, DK. Al the producer here one last time. We hope you all enjoyed the show and be sure to support our guests. Brian airs his show live every week. Check out Metal Thunder Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on www.metalworldradio.com and www.cavecrewradio.com. And be sure to catch him on Cave Crew Radio every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern over at www.cavecrewradio.com. You can find Marie Mayer and her book Crone on Amazon and Archware Publishing. Also, be sure to go to her website, www.novelsbymariamayer.com. All right, the moment we have all been waiting for it's time to do our giveaways for the week whether you've been listening to us live or on podcast via download here is what you need to do send us a email at contestsdk at gmail.com we will choose the winners at random winners will be contacted by the show all prizes must be accepted as awarded. We will add you to our mailing list and you give permission for us to share your information with our guests for future marketing purposes. Once again, that's contestsdk at gmail.com. Good luck. Let the adventure continue. Here's what's coming up next week on Live Tonight with DK. Sunday, February 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have W.T. Fallon, author of Fail to the Chief, and Carrie Transom, survivor of the Bermuda Triangle. Until next time, this is Al, the producer. Thank you, Al. We pre- really appreciate that and all the work you've put into this. Uh, okay, folks, uh, that was it. Went 10 minutes over. We'll think about going two hours. We'll talk to the bosses about it, see if the time slot is open, if we've warranted it or not. If not, we got to work on uh, crunching down another couple minutes. Until next time, my name is DK. Remember, you build bridges, not walls. Life is an adventure. We'll see you around the corner. You've been listening to Live Night with DK. Thanks for listening.